Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode 109. Surprisingly back for the second week in a row. We are trying to get into that routine, get that second semester groove on. Oh, we in that second semester, son. That means we didn't get kicked out of school in the first semester. And I like that because we were close. We didn't make the dean's list, man. We weren't on the honor roll. But I tell you one thing, we made it. They're going to accept our tuition. We scheduled we did early scheduling, and we're back. Oddly enough, when I first went off to college, Ben, when I was 18, I did get kicked out of school after the first semester. All that <laughs> academic probation. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> academic probation, I like that. We're not even on academic probation right now. <laughs> um, so, as I said, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. My name is Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, Ben, the Law Watson. Hype him up. What up? What up? What's going on, my man? Well... We got a lot of wrestling action to talk, you know. Again, I'm actually very proud. We are back to the mics two weeks in a row. People have been getting us honest, you know. When are you going to put out a pod? Taking too long? People don't understand. Are you still live? People don't understand. We got, we busy. I got a bad back. Yeah, Brandon's got a bad back and I got a bad boss. I'm just kidding if my boss is listening. But I mean, we're busy, man. We got shit to do. But I tell you what. It's honestly no excuse. No, it's, no, it's no excuse. We've, we've been slacking a bit. But I'm loving that we're not. I'm loving that I'm sitting here with you. I love that I'm drinking a, a beer, a local beer from Warped Wing Brew Company. Oh, I got one of them local beers from Michelob Ultra Company. The Michelob Ultra Variety, you know, slimming down, baby. I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing. I'm going to have to get into this. You know where we went wrong, though? We're cursing people. Oh, where are you going? We are. Oh, the inside trip curse is back. But you know where we gone wrong? Where? I think we got to get back to the fine wine days. Ooh. A good old bottle of, you know, fine $6 red wine. It's like $15 on wine. ice. <laughs> that, that's that was us, man. And that's when we were f- cruising and we got away from that. I, I think I got some wine. You got on you started drinking white claws. <laughs> now I'm drinking Mick Ultra. I know. This is 40. Hey, <laughs> when we were when we were on those wine days, shit got a little crazy because wine will hit you. Wine will get you a little goofy. Wine will get you talking about <laughs> talking about um <laughs> Where are you going with this? Talking about Geraldo versus uh, Geraldo. <laughs> Geraldo versus who was it? Was it Van Brill? Yeah, yes. who was going to start? Oh man, that's bringing it way back, boys, to all the rest. One of my favorite moments. The fans that have listened to this podcast since the beginning. Anyway, um, as I said, man, this is episode 109. You know where to find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Inside Trip, the podcast, all the usual locations, my peeps. It is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, the Podbean, and anywhere else that you can possibly think of outside of Spotify. Though we're going to work on that eventually. We're going to get on Spotify. We are, and that's not that hard. No, I think it's easy. Just, I'm just lazy. There's podcasts that are far worse than us, which are very few that are on Spotify. Yeah, I think Flow's on Spotify. Oh no, I wasn't. No, I didn't mean. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That, that came out wrong. I, that came out wrong. That's fire. No, no, that came out wrong. 
Uh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I listen to FRL every once in a while. I, I mean, I, I try to. I try to. I, you know, I miss it since Willie's not there anymore. <laughs> Willie gave a nice uh, juxtaposition compared to <laughs> Mr. Piles. Um, with regards to wrestling. From a personality standpoint, it mixed things up a bit. I recently tried to watch the one on the, the Flow app on my TV, and it was like, I think some of the guys were covering tournaments, so it was like David Bray and Bratke. Oh, my God. And maybe like, Piles or maybe like not Piles. I can't remember. And I mean, they, they know their stuff, but I was like, you know, okay, well, um, it's 11 o'clock at night, and my, I'm ready for bed now, but well, yeah, it worked. Of course, they, of course they know this. I stuff. haven't listened to job. it, though, since Askren's on there. You have, right? I have. Is um, it good? Look, Ben Askren. I know Askren probably doesn't say a thing about how good he was in college on no, the podcast. not at all. He doesn't talk about chasing pin records or doing anything like that. Um, look, Ben Askren, phenomenal. I, I mean, he changed the landscape of the sport when it comes to scrambling. Um, I had an excellent uh, mixed martial arts career. And he'll let you know when on the podcast. He'll let you know all about it. Look, I loved T. Row and Funky because I thought uh, Askren and um, Tommy Rollins. And Tommy Rollins, the di- the dynamics between two- those two was f- fantastic. You know, Askren's all pumped up to talk wrestling, and Tommy's like, you know, ooh, um, and Askren's like, oh, did you see that one match? And Tommy's like, I didn't really Tommy's catch like, that well, match. You know, I didn't really catch that match, but. Tell me about it. No, I love it. We're, we're beating up to me right no. now. They had great inside info, too. You know, Tommy with Ohio State, Askren yeah. um, with Askren's Wrestling Academy, and all kinds of good stuff coming out of the <laughs> academy there. You know, he <laughs> talked about it a lot. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, we digress again. <laughs> okay. Now that we continue to piss I people know off. I, you know, neither I did I. It. Neither I did I. It. But look, Ben, oh, we're back. A lot of wrestling went on this past weekend, this past week. Oh, you know what did go on? I'm going to give my boy a shout-out <laughs> again. My boy wrestled two matches last week. Mm. Two matches. That's right. Quad. Van Buren quad, baby. 2-0. 2-0? Oh, 2-0. Heard he got a stick with a chin whip. Oh, he, he did. And I know people don't want to hear this, but he... I want to hear it. I didn't even know he had this in his arsenal. This kid... Took a shot. Dominic sprawled. Got him in a short O situation. The kid started, popped his head out and started to drive up. Oh. Dom Whoop. went straight to the chin and hit a dirty chin whip right to double grapevine. And he's just cranking the dude's heads up, splitting his legs Is out. Denlinger-esque? Oh, when he did that against Noah Forrider. Remember? Yeah. When he hit Forrider with that chin whip? He hit Forrider with that chin whip. That was back in the day. State champ. Former Ohio University wrestler, yeah, Noah Forrider. Four I'm pretty he sure good. he was an NCAA qualifier. Good. Oh, that was a dirty chin whip. But anyway, he went 2-0. Um, Congrats just to Dominic. Gonna, you know, keep shouting my boy out there. Anyway, let's start out with a little uh, little bit of this uh, international talk. We had a you know a little, a little tournament going on over in Italy this weekend or this past week. Yeah. The, uh, I probably mispronounced it, the Matteo Pelicone or something along those lines. But we sent a large contingent of representatives out of there, um, men's, women's alike, um, a lot of good results, some head-scratching results, some controversial, you know, uh, results here and there. Yeah, what was going on? Um, I don't know. Uh, did you get a chance to pay a lot of attention I to it? I didn't pay a ton of attention to it. I saw that Joe Cologne made the finals um, against uh, um, Thomas Gilman. Thomas Gilman. Uh, Cologne beat somebody pretty damn good. Michik. Yeah, he, he beat Michik, and he Michik. also beat the guy from Ukraine. Yeah, Cologne over Michik was... was uh, 
I wouldn't say it was a shock for a man that's already got a bronze medal, but that was one that I was uh, interested in watching. And then uh, 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 Gilman beat Fix, who Fix had beaten Gilman for the spot this past year. Correct. And, you know, Gilman actually looked pretty good. And, and honestly, yeah, he's, Joe he's, Cologne— he, he might be our rep. No, I'm still on the Spencer, tree, Spencer Lease train right now. It might. Okay, it might. And you know what? You're right. Joe Cologne looked pretty damn good for a guy wrestling at 57 kilograms, same-day weigh-ins, who was, what, a 130... Um, 33-pounder in college. 33-pounder in college. 61, 61 kilogram in- uh, rural bronze. Yep. Um, dude, he looked skinny, except with massive arms. Yeah, well, he's, he's really long, right? You know, that's kind of how he gets his gut wrench going. So, I mean, he's going to be a factor. I think when you look at the 57-kilogram oh, landscape, when you look at the 57-kilogram landscape, you, you can't count out Fix because he's beat Gilman before. You can't count out a guy like Cologne who just beat Michik because he's he's won a medal before. And then you got Spencer Lee. And then where is Soriano? You know, is, is Soriano going to enter? I don't know. Soriano was in Italy, not competing, yeah, but over there training. Strange. So strange. I don't know what's going on with that. But at 57 kilograms especially – Along the lines of 65 kilograms as well, as many Ooh, yeah. great wrestlers that we have that can throw their name in that hat to compete for that spot, we need that. So, and you look, you said it. Look, you got a Cologne World Bronze, uh, Gilman, uh, Gilman World, World Silver. Silver. You got a guy like Fix that has won all kinds of titles at the junior age group World, level. Uh, junior World Champ, right? Um, Spencer Lee, multiple time Junior World Cadet Champ. And didn't Fix roll through the U23s as well that year? I, I can't recall. Was that the year that he beat NATO? NATO got injured? Well, he made the, he made the team. I, don't, I can't recall if he medaled. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought that was the tournament he didn't give up a point in. That was juniors. Oh, was Okay, well, anyway, then again, Spencer Lee. So, I, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. 65 ain't no slouch either, though. No, and I, look, Jordan Oliver continues to look good. Um, Oliver beat the likes of, um, I think he beat, uh, no, no, that was Bajrang. Bajrang beat. Ba- Bajrang beat, beat Rutherford. Yeah, Bajrang beat Rutherford and McKenna. Bajrang beat Oliver in the finals, right, four right, to three. Right. Um, and then Rutherford. You got that bracket in front of you at all, or anything like that? Or I do. Okay. Can well, you... I don't have the bracket. I just got some some results. Okay. There was two repishas. I know that Rutherford beat McKenna on one side, so McKenna didn't medal. Um, McKenna lost to Bajrang close, and um, or excuse me, McKenna lost to Bajrang close, and Rutherford lost to Bajrang close, and then so did Jo. Correct. So, ba- so Bajrang went killer. through three of our top guys. Our probably our top five. It's minus top Yanni. Three. Oh yeah, I forgot about Yanni. Yeah, Yanni. I forgot about Yanni. And Yanni didn't they wrestle at uh, beat the streets? Yanni yeah, Yanni beat him. Yeah, Yanni beat him. But then we saw the scene in nationals that Yanni didn't. You know exactly. So what? I, well, same thing, right? Same thing. It's just a, it's it's a it's a who's who. But I tell you what, Jo is looking pretty damn good, and he's putting consistent. Tournaments together and looking good. Right, I right. mean, I, that weight might start to be pre- feeling them pretty good. Right you now. know, I've been on the Yanni wagon for a long time for this spot for this year for the Olympics and, and the way Jo's wrestling. I think I'm Jo right now. I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see. It. Here's my thing. I would like to see Rutherford on the opposite side of Yanni, so we can see a Yanni Jo match in the finals or something like that. That's what I because would see. you know the yeah because because Rutherford's obviously giving Yanni some fits. Kind of is kind of was like his uh, you know American yeah. kryptonite. Now right Yanni's there. beating him. Yanni has beaten him. Um, and Yanni whooped Jo at, um, at the Open last year. Right. Yeah. So right. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. And man, it's it's sneaking up on us quick. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's still a ways away, but it's getting there. Right. Almost February. 
Olympic trials are in April. Yeah. It, 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 it's getting there. W- w- if we decide to continue to do podcasts, <laughs> then we will probably hit on this. Uh, of course. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who else looked really good. Um, Zahid, up at 86 oh, kilograms. He bringing home gold there. Um, he, he, he wins against Italy 11-1, to 1, 10, to 0, 10-0 over Turkey, and then you know beats Daringer 7-5 in the finals. Yeah. I believe it was the finals. Um, Daringer, you know, a guy who beat him last year um, for the spot at 79 kilograms. Pretty and, good, uh, too, right? If I'm not that? mistaken, beat him up pretty good, right? Oh, twice, yeah. two in a row. Beat him up bad. Um, and that was the year after. So Zahid, two years ago, to make Final X, beat Derringer pretty bad. And then Derringer flipped the script and beat him this past year. And now Zahid comes back and takes that and, and takes the, the kind of the rubber match of years. And again, it goes to show, for me, that is this an appropriate weight class for Alex Derringer? Because since he's gone up, he's now lost to... Mymar and he's lost as a heed. Now I know as a heed's not a huge eighty six kilogram guy, but Derringer is just one of those tweeners that can't make seventy four anymore, and just he isn't a full size eighty six at this point. You know, I, I, it's a great point. Um, you did say something. You said that. Um, Danger had beaten Zahid to make the team. What, what did you mean by that? Because I thought Dake beat. Yeah, no, Darren, no, to make final X. To make final. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure X. I'm on the same page yeah. with you. Um, I think I think you're right. I think Deeringer is going to be one of those guys that's kind of in between weights right now. Um, I don't. Th- he's got to grow into this weight class a little bit. Um, Which he can do. I right. mean, David Taylor did the same damn thing, and he grew into it. But the competition ain't going to continue. It, it ain't getting any easier. You know what I mean? Zahid's not going away. We're in a position right now where, besides Jordan Burroughs, every one of our guys still got some life left. Every one of our reps, every one of our solid studs, still got a little bit of life w- left. Without a doubt. Yeah, Burroughs. I'm not saying that he doesn't have life left, but I'm saying. I'd be surprised if he competed for the 2020. Quad. 2024. Or, yeah, I'd be surprised if he competed for the 2024 Olympics. I, I, you know honestly, I mean? I'm on the same page. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if he throws his name back in there as well. Jesus, but at this awesome. point right now, oh, it'd yeah. be great. Um, Zahid looked good again bringing home a gold. Um, Kyle Dake, you know, sure, going out there. He beat a really good dude from, uh, was it Turkey? Uh, yeah, I think so. Fazil. Fazil. I, I don't know if that was the finals. Was that? I'm not sure if that was the finals, but he did beat a guy from Turkey. Um, he went through B- uh, Belarus, Hungary, Turkey, and Turkey. So I think he, yeah, I yeah, think he I think, did wrestle a guy. I think from he Turkey beat a dude finals. from Turkey in the finals who's ranked in the ranked ranked in the world. So it wasn't like he had just had a walkthrough there. And if that's the case, that might be the guy from Turkey that he beat eleven to nothing too. Mm-hmm. It was so. Yeah. Um, Dake looking good. Um, you know, a lot of Americans brought home hardware on the men's side. Look, you got Deeringer, Pat Downey. Um, obviously, Dake bringing home a gold, Rutherford, bronze, Oliver, silver, and then we had the you know the two guys in the finals as well, and even guys that didn't bring home hardware, they still play, placed relatively high. Now, the one thing that I am so confused about, don't understand, and I'm sure people can throw so many excuses out there, and that's fine because we don't know. But I was very disappointed about what happened at 97 kilograms with nickel forfeiting to Kyle Snyder. Now, some people are saying nickel's tweaked something. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Well, let's first, but before we even get into that, if you don't mind, let's talk about let's talk about both of them competing on their side of the bracket, right? Um, they they both they, they all landed on the same side of the bracket. Those two landed on the same side of the bracket as this uh, gentleman, uh, Muhammad Hussein Mohammedian or Muhammad Hussein. We'll go from there. Yeah, Guy from Hussein, Iran. And I apologize from Iran, yeah. a dude who took a uh, bronze at the 2014. 
um, Worlds and then was popped for steroids and had a four-year ban. Yep. Um, he comes back kind of out of nowhere, right? I mean, you know. We knew who he was. Yeah, but if you're gone for that long, you kind of forget. You're like, oh, shit. This out of guy's, sight, out of mind, man. Yeah, this guy's wrestling again. And he goes out, and I think he showed a lot of people that don't know about what the world looks like. It's a big world, right? As people used to say, big world. Um, what wrestling's all about because he fucked Bo Nickel up. And I'm Pat sorry Snyder. to say it. He pinned Snyder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, Pin I, Snyder, Tech, tech Bo Nickel. Yeah. I'm, I, he messed them both up. Like, big world. People think that people think that Nickel and Snyder are the end-all, be-all in the world, and then maybe Sagalive's the only person that has something to say. Well, we made that mistake last year, and Snyder lost to um, Sharifov in the, in the semis. People got to forget it's a big world out there, and there's people out there that care a shit ton about wrestling in those countries. And... This is a guy from Iran went out there and it. I mean, he he made them both look. Like, he made nickel. Oof. Nickel's not a nickel's not a ninety seven pounder. Nickel weighed in two kilos or something under at ninety two when he wrestled the Cox last year. He is not a ninety seven pounder. Why is he not going eighty six? Do you think it's any, it has anything to do with David Taylor in the room? I don't know, um, and honestly, I don't know. Like, if at this point, if Nickel hasn't continued to grow into a ninety-seven kilo, like, what is that? It's approximately two hundred and eleven pounds. I don't think he's—he's he's obviously not a full-size ninety-seven kilograms. Uh, I know that. I believe that after this, after this run, Nickel's plans is to to fight to fight. So maybe it's one of those things. Um, maybe it's one of those things that in, in the United States right now, assuming that a guy like. Kyle, or a guy like uh, Jaden Cox goes 86. You're going to have Taylor. You're going to have Cox. You're going to have um, Deeringer. You're going to have Z- Zahid. You're going to have a lot of guys at that weight to compete with. Or at 97 kilograms in the United States, it is Kyle Snyder. Okay? It's Kyle Snyder. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. maybe he feels his, he's got a better chance there. Um, Ooh, I was he doesn't very, look big. He doesn't look, he doesn't look good from a size perspective. No, 97. no. Um, it would be easy for us to sit here and crack jokes and say something along the lines. Can that, we do that? Uh, I mean, we, we we do, but to say something along the lines that you know, here it is, Kyle Snyder, you know, different club, same results. That's not what I'm applying here. But it is concerning that in his last two, you know, international tournaments, basically, you know, you know, the last two against big time opponents, right? He's been pinned. Yeah, we we don't need to beat up Kyle Snyder. No, and I okay, don't want the to. Speak, the results speak for themselves. The fact of the matter is, and it doesn't mean that he's gotten better or worse at wrestling, and I'm certainly not saying that he's gotten worse at wrestling since he went to the Nittany Line wrestling. No, not at all. He definitely has not gotten worse. Has uh, he gotten better? I, I, he, put it this way. We haven't seen this miraculous coaching that all of a sudden you, you get when you go to the Nittany Line wrestling club. He looks probably about the same. What I'm thinking of is the world has kind of caught up with him a little bit. He dominated people. Although I wouldn't say dominated because he had some pretty damn close wins when he won the world, but the world's kind of caught up with him a little bit. I was talking with our boy Earl about this recently, and I think he did, he he made a really good point that said whether whether it's Kyle Snyder, whether it's wrestling fans, whether it's coaches, whether it's meeting media, whatever. For if people have the expectation that two months at a new club is going to make this big difference after two months, that's not. That's not a very reasonable expectation. It's only been two months. Right. I think the biggest difference it would have on it would be mentality. Like if you if you just mentally felt like you just weren't getting better at the, another club, maybe a switch helps you mentally. But I'm but physically, it's not going to help you that much. And my look, 
in my opinion, and watching Kyle Snyder wrestle on the international level over the years, going back to when he won that gold in 2016, and he won his world medal over um, Sedulayev yeah. the next year. But even before that, he beat he beat a Russian. I forget his name. It was a Gazi Megamedov. I forget who it was that he beat. But the point I'm making, Ben, is that I don't think he's wrestling the same style that he did back then. We, okay. all, we, we already said that he right. got too big. He, he, he got whether too it's too big, too slow, whatever it was, he wasn't always known for being the most athletic guy in general. Great wrestler. Sure. Great wrestler. He'd wear your ass down. For sure. But it, it just doesn't seem like he's got approaching his matches and wrestling the same style that he did before. And I don't know how you figure that out. I don't know why it is. But for his sake... He's got some great coaches. He's got great coaches that. over there. they got to figure it out because this was not... A good showing for him for his first tournament after going to the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. It wasn't like he got pinned when it was close, Matt. He was down 8-0. Oh, it, he, it was over. It, it, yes. I mean, it was, I mean it, it, it was not pretty. So, now. So people got honest, though. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, I'm look. Everyone was excited to see this this match in Repishaw against Nickel and Kyle Snyder. I was excited to see it. That's two great wrestlers. Well, hell yeah. Two phenomenal wrestlers. Hell yeah. Snyder's going to win, my opinion. I, I, I can't say that myself. That's why I wanted to watch the match. No, you you would think so, but you just you just don't know. I, just Look, think, I don't think Nickel's big enough. I thought Gabe Dean was going to beat Bo Nickel in the NCAA Finals, man, and Jeez. it didn't happen. But Nickel forfeits out. Some people are saying he tweaked an injury, but I don't know. If he did, he did. If he didn't, sounds like a waste of time to go the hell over there, spend resources, spend some dollars that the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club donors had donated to send this gentleman over there to wrestle. Yeah. And if you get hurt, and or excuse me, if you're not hurt and you're decided that you're not going to wrestle for some ulterior reason, then I think that that's stupid. And what do you what what do you what do you what are you trying to show that oh we don't want to put some we don't want to put some tape on here. Because uh, we, we don't want international people to see the tape. So there could be the tape's already out there, but there could be multiple multiple reasons here. Already, sir. There's, and there could be multiple reasons. And um, I, I think uh, again, you know, and talking to Earl, he he made a good point on one side of. It. He said, "Look, if they purposely forfeited this match, what did you? Because they didn't want their you know, you know guys to wrestle each other out there who are going to be competing for the same spot, at the Olympic trials." What did you expect when you send multiple guys at the same weight at this at a tournament this small? We had tons of our teammates meet up with each other in matches at this tournament. Tons. They bang. And they bang. Now, what if it was because what would let's say Bo Nickel beat Snyder? What how does that look Ranking in the points. eyes of the oh. wrestling community that Snyder goes out there, gets pinned, and then loses another match? How does that look? How how does that make the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club look? And a new toy ain't too shiny, right? I mean, but but the thing is, I think that the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club would be pumped about that. It, look, I would if if um, I'm at I don't know if I'm at Cornell and I got Yanni and Zane looks for a new place to go and he goes to Cornell and I'm a huge Cornell fan. I'm gonna root for Zane, but I'm gonna root for Yanni over Zane. So I think all of the Penn State fans and the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club fans are gonna root for. Nickel over Snyder would be my guess. From a fan perspective, yes. Oh, you're talking about okay. But okay. here's my beliefs. Kyle Snyder performing well on the international level doesn't have the same effect on the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club and the Penn State University College wrestling team as Kyle Snyder going over there and losing 
more matches because he's already he's already performed well he's already won gold he's already won silvers he's already reached the pinnacle for him to go over there if he wins a gold he makes the finals wins a gold okay we expect him to do that but if he goes over there and regresses that that has more of an impact on their program than hit than the success than, than, than his success over there and it's all it was also a ranking tournament event right so there's yes. ranking points involved I don't know if you get ranking points for finishing third. That's the question. I don't know. I would think so. Then yeah. Then maybe maybe that was the case too. But then again, if I'm Bo Nickel, I, no, I'd be like no, I'm saying, bro. I ain't so that to me more make, makes me think that there was an, especially knowing Bo Nickel just from a just just knowing that he's such a competitor, I would be very shocked that he would go along with. Yeah, so let's bring it all the way back. I'd be very shocked if he would go along with forfeiting against somebody if he if he was told to. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I would be very surprised. The only thing I can think of is that these guys do not wrestle each other in the room. They are not going to. They don't want to meet each other before the Olympic trials to 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 give each other a feel. That happens, and that, maybe that's why it was. It could be anything. I didn't like it though. I didn't like it. Unless it was a legit injury, that's, then I get it. That's why it's hard to argue, right? So that's why we always preface this with if it was a legit injury. Just delete everything we just said. I did get beat up on a tweet I sent out. Oh my god! But it, it just goes to show that how how fickle and how boring and how unaware some people can be. All I said was the man above had a plan, and of course, a lot of people thought it was funny. Some people got on me about the religious aspect, and one person, Nick Corba, got it right. Yeah, he was like he the said, man above. Kale is the man above, and I said bingo. Right. That's exactly what I was implying. Right. Look, it's not like the bottom line is this. I'm never, I, I'm never trying to fault somebody's faith in God and whatever the God they believe in. Um, you know, because what I'm saying is, I don't mean that I, I don't believe in God. I'm saying that people believe. You know, people. Some people believe that there's different gods or whatever. But I'm never trying to say that uh, fault somebody's faith in God. But when Kyle Snyder came out and said that God, what did he say? God told him to go to Penn State or he prayed about it and God told him to go to Penn yeah, State. He, the, he felt that this is what God wanted him to do. Right. Something along when those lines. When you say something like that, you open yourself yeah. up to people talking about that. Ben, again, I, I don't care about religion. I don't care about what people believe in. Believe in whatever you need to to get you through your life. I, I don't care who the God is you pray to, but this is one thing I will say. If anybody thinks that whatever higher being really cares about sports and cares about where you should go wrestle, that's where I'm going to, I could say, no, I, I don't buy that. I don't he buy he that. He or she doesn't. But yeah. whatever you got to believe in. Anyway, uh, we had some women compete out there too, man. And, you know, as in our usual women fashion, uh, a lot of success out there, bringing home some hardware. Um, and our women's team is freaking dominating, dude. They've been doing really well, Ben. We've talked about it a ton. We've got some, not... We have superstars, but we also have some depth going on on the women's team, too, which is awesome. Um, But things are going to get interesting as we start heading into the Olympic trials because we got a little shakeup with the women's weights, especially now, you know, going into the Olympics. We're going from 10 to 6, right? Uh, Yeah, so there's going to be six women's weights, just like men's, um, and... 50 kilograms is the lowest, so we have 50, 53, 57, 62, 68, and 76. So when you go from 10 to 6, that's a big difference cutting out four spots because you're cutting out four really, really good right. people. Especially over the last three years when a lot of our we've, – we've brought home a lot of medals. I think what people fail to realize is, you know, we have a lot of uh, weight classes that are going to look very similar to the uh, – 
you know, men's weight classes where you got multiple world medalists and maybe a world champ or two wrestling just to make the team. Right. That's going to happen here at, at women's as well, well which I'm excited about because that just shows you the depth we got. I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% looking at I, I, I don't think you're seeing this any more than one weight class in particular, maybe two than 50, kilo, 50 kilograms, the lightest weight. Um, Sarah Hildebrandt drops another weight going from 53 now to 50. Remember, she was at 55, right. went 53. Now she's she at 50. take a silver at 53? Yeah, took a silver at 53. Now she's going 50. She brings home the gold this weekend. Looked pretty decent. She had some close matches. But we had three girls that competed at this weight class, all with world-level experience, including two women that, that were on our world team this past summer. So Whitney Condor. Condor, Victoria Anthony, and Hildebrandt. Ooh. Hildebrandt goes gold. Anthony goes bronze. Condor takes fifth. That's legit, dude. What did you say Anthony took? Bronze. Bronze. She took bronze. Man, um, I bet, now, I she, bet her you. Her only loss was to Hildebrandt, seven to five. Man, I bet you Hildebrandt's sucking some weight to make it down there. So that's an extra, what, seven pounds? Uh, going pounds? from 53 to 50. to 50, so six times 2.2. I'm sorry, three times 2.2. Probably about eight pounds, roughly. So, and she was used to be so that was five. So 53 was what, about 116 pounds? I, I, now, you, now you lost me. But, any, but anyways, yeah, she's... If, if you guys recall from listening to the podcast, we had, a, we had her on the podcast after she took a silver, um, and she talked about how she kind of completely changed her lifestyle, cut out any sort of alcohol, cut out any sort of bad food, and just really focused on um, getting down from 55 to 53. And she did really – it was a body transformation to go from 55 to 53. It's interesting to see her now at 50. She looks lean, mean, fighting machine, but she looks like she can handle the weight okay. I mean obviously with the performance, but think about this. 55 kilograms, 121 pounds. Right. 53, 116 pounds. Mm-hmm. 50, 110 pounds. Now, what did you say 55 was? 121. So she think about this. From a women's perspective, that's when you're already that small, that's an 11 pound difference from 55 to 50 with day and day of weigh-ins. Yep. Very disciplined. And Very, it looks like yeah. it's not affecting her too too bad because she just went out there and she beat a Victoria uh, uh, Anthony. Anthony who has been a world team member before and uh, and she finished above Whitney Condor who's also been a world team member. Yeah, so I mean that would be a fun Olympic trials baby. to that depth right th- right there. Um, you know, at fifty three kilograms, we had uh, I believe a couple of women compete. Hey, we had Victoria Anthony on the podcast too. We did. Um, one of our all time favorites, Catherine Shy, competes again at fifty three, bringing home a bronze medal this weekend. Hats off to her. Yes. She, she she did a really good job. I think she won it at the end. It was really nice. Uh, I, I, again, she continues to amaze me, competing at a high level after taking time off, all the injuries, having a baby, coming back, running a business. qualifies for another you know Olympic trials, still competing. I mean, again, continues to amaze me. Anybody um, out there that thinks that they're busy in their life and that they've got a lot going on, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Catherine Shy. <laughs> no doubt. Um, 57 kilograms is another weight class, Ben, where it's the Olympic trials is going to be really fun because we have Helen Maroulis returning back to the mat for this, going 57. Only an Olympic and world gold medalist. Allie Reagan, 57, who competed this weekend, bringing home a bronze. She was a world silver? I think twice, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I know at least once. Um, Jenna Burkett continuing to compete at 57 kilograms. She took remember? fifth this weekend. So... What did Allie take? Allie took a bronze. Wow. Now think about this. Actually, not think about this. Talk, talk to me a little bit about, about what you mentioned earlier. 
We have the the Pan Am qualifiers coming up. We still have to qualify 57 kilograms. Right. We have three highly high classed, highly talented women. That one of them needs to qualify the weight. So what are they going to do? So ben? my understanding is what is what's needed is they're doing. Um, they're going to do a wrestle off at that weight class at the WCWAs. So that's kind of cool. That's at, rad. At Life University. That's rad down yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. All right. And and it's going to be. Um, I think Jenna Burkett gets to sit in the finals because she was our rep there. That's fair. And then I think Allie and um, Helen Marulis have to wrestle off, and the winner of that. It gets to wrestle Jennifer Kett best two out of three. So let me ask you but those this. those are three world team members are real deep. And then, and then if you go up to 62, Kayla Miracle, she's unchallenged for the Pan Ams. Nobody's challenging her to wrestle off for the Pan Ams. Your th- my thought is— Mallory Velty's not because she's at 62 no, as well. She's and not. she's won a world bronze. I'm pretty sure she's not. Maybe she— because Velty took now. Vel- I thought I read that she, she nobody was challenging her for the Pan Ams. Okay. So here's the deal, though. Go back to 57 kilograms. And this is one of those situations where I'm not always – sometimes I question our process. I understand why we do things right. the way we do. And this you know, this is not directed at any of the ladies at 57 kilograms. But, one, should JB, Jenna Burkett, get to sit to the finals? I know she was our rep, but she didn't medal. Right. We don't typically let – But it's only for Pan Ams. I understand It's only that. for the Pan Ams qualifier. It's but, not – she's not like she's getting to sit in the finals for Olympic trials. I, I get that. But so I'm just asking, should she get to in this situation? Are, are you okay sure. with it? Why You're not? okay with it? Okay. Why not? Just for the Pan Am qualifier. But – But you have two women – But we got to qualify that damn weight. We have to qualify. And we've got two women battling against each other to face Jenna Burkett, who one Ooh. has won Olympic gold. The other one's won multiple world medals. I believe multiple. I know she's won a world silver. So – it, it always goes back to me. Maybe Jennifer Kett is the best person to go qualify the weight. Maybe it's Helen. Maybe it's uh, um, uh, Allie Ray. Well, let me tell you this. If, if, if Helen Maroulis is the Helen Maroulis of old, no offense to anybody, but she's the best person to qualify the weight. If she's the Helen Maroulis of old. I'm, she was one of the best wrestlers in the world the, uh, during that time. If you guys don't remember, she was unscored upon at the world level last time she, last time she competed in the world she went on scored upon and that was right after that was uh it was a year or two after she won a won gold. The gold at the olympics so if Jennifer, or excuse me if if helen Marulis is on her game and is even a semblance i wouldn't even say a semblance but if she's if she's close to where she was previously she's the best one um in in the country and and it's and it's no offense to to Allie Reagan who's taken a sack a bronze or excuse me a, a silver and it's no offense to Jennifer Cat who's uh you know finally got her chance to represent the world as well uh, who who just did this right. past year and who's been wrestling really but well I think you have to have some I think you have to have some standard to make a determination of who's going to wrestle for Pan Ams I like it I like if you're the returning world medalist or excuse me the returning world member you get to sit and then but but you still got about a three woman pool you still about a three woman pool Ooh, I'd like that top bottom out yeah, <laughs> I don't think they wrestle bottom and out there, but yeah, but I mean, I, I'd like to see all three of them wrestling like a round robin. The, the reason why I asked, I you, think that the I think that the the, the cream will rise to the top there. Uh, yes, yeah, as Frank Baxter used to say, it, it always does. Um, here's the thing: Jenna Burkett's the one that's been on the mat, um, uh, uh, consistently competing, represented us at the Worlds. Um, Helen Marulis is coming back after a long layoff. Recovering from injuries, recovering from the the mental drain of coming back from those injuries and everything. Allie Reagan herself coming back from injuries as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I say if they're going to approach it this way, then Jenna Burkett has absolutely deserved the right to sit in the finals. It's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top of that. Um, 
and 62 kilograms, man. Look, uh, you know, we, we, no medals, no medals at this weight this weekend. Kayla Miracle was the closest with fifth. Macy Kilty took eighth. Mallory Velty, I don't know what's going on with her, took ninth. Um, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that one of these girls at 57 isn't going up to 62 to maybe challenge at that weight. Is it too, is it too big of a jump up? I mean, it's a big cut, or it's a big jump. I mean, we're talking five kilos. We're talking about probably 13 pounds, right? Or 12 pounds. It's... I know Burkett's been up there a little bit. Um, it, you know, she's dropped weight before, but even then, I, I'm not sure any one of them is a full size 62 enough to be able to compete with a, a person like, um, um, uh, oh my goodness, um, like Kayla Miracle, who, you know, was was a world team member and who I think that's has got the goods to medal. So here's the thing. Um, Allie Reagan has won two silver medals at the World Championships at 60 kilograms. So we're talking a two-kilo difference. A two-kilo difference. So she took a silver. Interesting that she decided to go down rather than She took a silver in 17 at 60, a silver in 16 at 60, and then in 15 she was at 58 where she finished 17th. 14 she finished 5th at 58, and in 2013 finished 9th at 59. I'm asking you off the top of your your head, but you probably know – Kayla Miracle didn't medal this year, did she? Miracle? Uh, yeah. um, I do not believe I don't she, think she medaled did. at the World Championships because I thought we continue to talk about when is she going to make that jump. Right. I thought so. Yeah, I think, Ben, uh, if we recall, I think Kayla was one of the wrestlers who competed at both the Senior Worlds and U23 this year. Did she medal at U23? I, I, I think yeah, she, I'm pretty sure she medaled. She took a, I think she took a silver or a bronze at U23s, and I know back in like 15 or 17 or something, she was a bronze and juniors. But other than that, I, I know she hasn't met her medaled in the seniors. She has not medaled at the senior level yet. So, But she's got the pedigree. Oh, dude, she they she, they called her the prodigy. You know, she she was the, 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 prodigal chi- the prodigal child of women's wrestling, you know, coming up. The prodigal daughter. The prodigal daughter. Um, so, yeah, she's, I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't, she's yet to medal on the senior level. So, Allie Reagan, Allie who's Reagan had success at 60, at 60 wh- why not? Yeah, why is she cutting three kilos to, to, to try to take on Helen Marulis? Because two kilos is, is 4.4 pounds. Right, that would make... It's not a big, that's not a big jump. You know, well, from, from you know, 60. They, they don't have to declare yet, so maybe she does. The, so you can qualify for the trials at one weight and compete at any other weight? Shit, I think so. Really? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess so, because we still don't know what weight Jaden Cox is going. Right. There, there, yeah, there you go. I mean. Maybe both. Maybe, bo- <laughs> maybe both. Yeah. All right. So, um, anyway, wrapping up the, the women's there. You know, um, we didn't do well at 62 kilograms. At 68, uh, Mensa, Tamira Mensa-Stock, she goes out. Man. She, she is. Come it, on, Mensa. It, I'm still going to say she, she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. She's she brings home a silver. She was up eight, eight to oh. nothing. One more takedown, and that girl is toast. Tech fall. Eight to nothing. She got gutted. She did. Unfortunately, the uh, her, the her China her. opponent um, took her down, gutted her. One eight to eight on criteria. But uh, Julia Slot actually sent it out a tweet. Um, she's very familiar with this uh, China, um, the Chinese woman wrestler, and she said this woman is known for having the best gut wrench in all of women's wrestling in the world. How smart is Julia Slot at wrestling? Like at, at wrestling knowledge? That girl knows her shit. 
Yeah, yeah, she does. In fact, I think I just saw some place where it's like she is uh, joining Rockfin to help uh, cover the women's side of wrestling, uh, bringing the uh, greatest mind in women's wrestling over there to to join uh, our boy Willie Saylor, who is the self-proclaimed greatest mind in all of wrestling. So looking forward to that. But that's kind of a quick wrap on what went over. Um, went went on overseas at that tournament for our men's and women contingent. Uh, obviously, Ben will continue to say this: it's the Olympic trials are going to be insane at more than a couple of weight classes. All right, let's go ahead and make a little transition. Get back over to the college side of things. Oh yeah, right in time. But I think a good way to kind of bridge that gap here, a little bit of international combined with a little bit of college. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit of Buckeye, a little bit of Buckeyes going out there and making us look like dummies after our last podcast uh. in a couple of situations. But before we get there, I think you were talking about a, a little podcast we, we we got to listen to um, involving Jaden Cox with Steelwood Radio, um, talking about how you know what what's been going on with him and how it transpired to get him over to the Ohio RTC. Yeah, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Um, Jaden Cox is with the Ohio RTC, and uh, well, I mean, I, I think he. Um, I thought it was interesting about I, Tom Ryan contacting him immediately after he won his third title. Yeah, so after he won his third title, Tom Ryan, and I don't know exactly when it was, but Jaden Cox kind of alludes to this on the on the Steelwood Radio podcast. That Tom Ryan sent him a text message, kind of about like, "Hey, we need to get you out there" or whatever, and and I never responded to Tom Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I. How do, how does it feel to be somebody that could just big time like uh, Tom Ryan? I know. Yeah, like I mean, he's just big times. He did, but you know he he has a great relationship with uh, Terrell Terrell Delagnev and uh, Terrell and him had some conversations and it sounded like uh, based on what Cox said that he was going to come out and train at the Ohio RTC a little bit anyways, right? Get some feels and stuff like that, and then um, uh, they, they, they made the decision that uh, hey, we thought it would be in the best interest of uh, both parties to get him there and trained for a significant period of time and uh with that relationship with Travel it worked out and so now he's an RTC member. Still not disclosing disclosing his weight class. I know. Which I find it he fascinating. I find it fascinating too because I keep I keep forgetting that he's not disclosing his weight class, but I'll just say man, why are we not seeing Jane Cox wrestle in some of these international tournaments? Do you think if he was to do that, it it would kind of He should wrestle at he's wrestling at ninety two. Because <laughs> I think some of the <laughs> do they do that in Olympic yeah, years? Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> to be um, honest with you, I think that it, 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 I think it behooves him more than anything from a, a standpoint of him wrestling at his best to go ninety-seven. I think that eighty-six is too big of a cut day of, unless he's really disciplined. We people have said that, and he even brought it up that eighty-six was a really tough cut for him, and that was day before weigh-ins. Yeah, to make it a day I, I, of it had to have been a rough cut. I think that, and look how much that man sweats. So it must have been a really rough cut. I think ninety seven is the right weight class for him, and I'm, it has nothing to do with the fact that I want him to beat Kyle Snyder at all. It, no. it, it really doesn't. In fact, I, I wish Kyle Snyder nothing but the best, and I want him to win an Olympic gold. I really do. We joke around about this, and you know what? You can believe me or you don't, but I do want him if he's a rep to win an Olympic gold. But I think that it's, it would be in Jaden's best interest to go ninety seven. And I said that actually. Um, I'm on record of saying that actually a couple of times. Uh, I, I've said that I want him to go go 86, but I will tell you this in my in my honest to God's opinion is that I feel 
that Kyle Snyder is a better matchup for Jaden Cox than David Taylor is for Jaden Cox. I think Jaden Cox's athleticism and speed and his ability to chain wrestle, especially going from multiple attacks, is not something that suits Kyle Snyder very well because of how big he is, how he's kind of slowed down a little bit. Right, he, he's, he doesn't chain wrestle. I, I think it's a better matchup for Jaden Cox. But that said, it is we, interesting. We, we've seen him beat David Taylor. So. It, it is interesting, like, you know, the, it's Tom Ryan and Travell calling, getting a hold of you immediately after Snyder transfer saying, come out, we want you to win 97. Or does, you know, Jaden Cox still have that, you know, that internal beef with David Taylor about saying, nah, I'm gonna, I want to prevent you from making an Olympic team. Look, the bottom line is no matter what anybody wants from him, Jaden Cox is a person that's very um, confident in himself in a good way, and he'll go whatever way he wants to, As whatever way he damn pleases. And he, he believes truly in his head uh, that he's going to not only win uh, the spot, but he's going to go out and win an Olympic gold. It's crazy to think that in uh, three weight classes, we have five guys that are considered the best in the world. I know. Or one of the best, best. between Snyder, yeah. Cox, David Taylor, Kyle Dake, and Jordan Burroughs. That's insane. Yeah. It's awesome. Speaking of them Buckeyes, though, bring it on. We, I, I guess, I guess we got to eat a little crow. So, every time we do this, every time we beat up on somebody curse, or praise somebody, every time we praise somebody or beat up on somebody, uh, it always comes back to make us look like idiots. Yeah, I mean, so we we um, we, we made the we made the decision that uh, or, or we you know we, we were pretty rough. Pretty rough on the Buckeyes last week. We were a little upset about, you know, their ability to develop talent. And I still mean it, what I said, yeah, Ben. I'm not taking it back. A lot of it actually still, uh, is still, um, uh, still relevant. But the Ohio State did go out there and look pretty damn good this weekend with two really nice wins over Big Ten opponents. Um, the first one, Ohio State beat Wisconsin 24-13. to Now, I know they had a guy out. But that said, even if they didn't have the guy out, Ohio State wins that duel. Okay? And... The, 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 who did they have out? They had uh, Johnny Sebastian, who would have wrestled Rocky. Oh, Sebastian. Rocky. And, 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 and who, Sebastian wrestled Rocky. Yeah, okay. He would have yep. had to have pinned Rocky for have the duel tied. And then I wouldn't. And then I think that and if he would have pinned Rocky, then they would have won. Yeah, I don't think he pins Rocky. No, absolutely. As not. much as we kind of beat up on Rocky, you know. No, I think it's last a major episode, at best at, at, at the way best. Johnny scores. Yeah, at best. Right. So Ohio State, they, they looked really good. I think that if we want to talk about a couple matches, Luke Fletcher goes out and cools off a really hot Princeton Moran. Did you see that match? Luke Pletcher yeah, did yeah. everything he needed to do. He's Luke Pletcher, I'm not sure I've seen somebody make this big of a jump in a year. I mean, I'm sure we and have, I, but in a while, man. I don't even know I don't even know if I want to call it like a jump. I just want to call it a guy who's very talented, who's finished fourth two years in a row after, you know, Wrestling up a weight as, as a freshman getting pulled out of red shirt. And that's where I want to Putting it that's all to together. And, and it just really, we're seeing the Luke Pletcher that we all thought we were going to see when we recruited him. Because he was a super rec- recruit. Super recruit. Three-time champ, four-time finalist, PA, AAA. 100%. And so, and this, and this, Ben, I've been thinking about this. Me too. All Let's this talk. past week. I've been thinking about this all this past week. And... I'm going to reverse something I've said before. I'm going to I'm going to make a change. I've consistently said that I was that I was still picking Nick Lee to win 141. I can't oh, continue shit. to say that anymore. Luke Pletcher is looking fantastic, dominant. Ooh. I I got to stop li- living in the dark, stop being in denial, and I hope I'm not putting a curse on him, but You just cursed them. Right now, this weight class is Pletcher's to lose. So 
a bunch of shit that we've said over the past couple of weeks. Like Luke Pletcher's now found found the right weight class. Well, correct. He wrestled 141 as a freshman. So obviously probably a bit smaller though yeah, as a freshman. Yeah, smaller and less experienced. So that wasn't quite the right weight class for him. As a sophomore, one thirty three was probably the right weight class for him. I agree. Okay, but he still didn't score a lot of points. As a junior, he one thirty three was a big cut. He said that on the on the podcast. Self proclaimed big cut, and he had to. Yeah, but yeah, he had to make it. Okay, and that's why he wasn't as offensive. But still, still took four. But he wasn't supremely offensive at one forty one as a freshman. You think as a as a guy, yeah, I know he was not as you know he was he was wasn't as developed, but you'd think he would still be super offensive. So I think it's more. At first, I just and I think what most people have done has have attributed his offense, his newly found offense, to the weight cut. But I think that he's actually developed as a wrestler more than just the weight cut. He's developed as a wrestler because if not, we would have seen maybe not quite as good, but we would have seen a significant amount of offensive from him as a freshman. We didn't see that. He something clicked in him. So funny you say that because I was just looking at this. Um, Luke Pletcher's not a bonus machine. This year, year obviously is is his highest bonus rate percentage rate um, to date. He's a little over sixty percent, but his freshman year is his third highest at twenty one, almost twenty two percent. Last year it was a little over thirty two percent. His sophomore year was eleven percent bonus rate. So right. his freshman year at one forty one, he had a nice bonus rate. Now that could be taking into consideration some opens that he wrestled at, that, that, I think at you know at, at, at one thirty three, obviously. But uh, I'm looking here at his freshman year when he wrestled at one forty one and. He, there's some matches where he's scoring some points, man. You know, I'm, dude. So you're thinking it is a weight cut, then? I, I think it could have been. Look, his freshman year. Look, he was a freshman, true freshman, coming out of red shirt, re- going up a weight. All right, going up a weight. Okay. Yeah, he was so, a 33 pounder. Still, still being developed. It's a new game, going up against some tough, tough, tough competition. So I'm going to write that off. I, I think it could have been weight. I think it could have been weight these last couple of years. No, I, I think it was, but I think that. I think that we're being a little bit um, short-sighted if we think it was just weight. Oh, I'm not going to agree. Because I'm seeing That's him, why I just said he's, he's put it all together this I'm year. I'm seeing him do things at this weight class that he didn't do in, like, the let's just say in the, the Saturday mornings, like later on in the morning after he's recovered from weights, a weight cut, at, you know, at 133 where weight's not affecting him as much. He, he has improved his wrestling, and none more – than his reattacks off short offense. If somebody shoots on him and they don't touch his leg, it's over. He's, He's in on your leg. He's score. He he did that this, with Trinson Moran multiple times. Actually, put him in a cradle at one point. He beat the hell out of him at short O, and then he beat the hell out of him with some different shots. Trinson Moran actually did a good job of stopping his angle knee drop high crotch, but Pletcher just went to all other attacks and he rode the shit out of him. So eleven to three. Was was generous this match. He rode him for the last minute because they thought that they wanted to maintain the major. If he would have cut him, he could have took him down two more times. Pletcher could have tech fault him. You know what, Ben? Pletcher could have tech fault him, and I'm not. And joking. I agree. No, I agree with you. Look, aside from two overtime victories against two phenomenal wrestlers, Dominic Demas, All American. He, he beat Dom Demas two to one this year. He's the number one guy right. in the country at yeah. the time. He beat Real Woods three wood uh, three to one in sudden victory. Real Woods has proven that he I is think a that legitimate. Says more about what real is. Than I, anything. I, I agree with you, but uh, besides those two, look at some of his matches since Cliff Keen against some of the best competition of this weight. Right. Read him off to me. Um, 
Cole, I'm sorry, Mitch McKee, all right, All-American, he beat him 10-6. to Chad Red majored 11-3. to Tristan Moran majored 11-3. Dylan Duncan, most recently, 12-5. And he already previously beat Dylan Duncan earlier in the season, 15-5 major. So he's beating the good guys at this weight the best, and he's putting up points against them and doing it convincingly. So that's why I said I got to stop living in denial, man. He's done everything that you would expect a guy who is number one at a weight and I, and I think his style, it matches up great against anybody, okay? Because we've seen him against a bunch of different styles, right? We've seen him against a traditional, really good wrestler in Mitch McKee. We've seen him against the scrambly guys like Chad Red and Tristan Moran. We've seen him against the super funky upper body guys like Dominic Demas. And it's funny, after he beat Demas, he said, I gave him too much respect. He said, I could have scored easily on a couple more shots, but I let go when he started to jack up a little bit with those underhooks. I bet he doesn't do that now. You get to Dom Demas' legs, he's not going to t- he's not going to trip you. Right. You get to his legs, he's not right. going to trip you. Luke Pletcher has um, has done something we rarely see, and that's make the junior to senior jump. We always see jumps, but typically by your junior to senior year, we kind of know who you are, and yeah, you're going to get in- incrementally better. But he's gotten. It's not even close how much better of a wrestler he is now. He used to win really close matches because he was freaking tough as shit to score on, and he could find a way to get a takedown. And he could get out. Yeah, right. Wouldn't ride you. Yeah, get out. Now, now, it's not just he's finding a way to get a takedown. He's going out there and just taking people down with so many different attacks. And the reason why I say so many different attacks is because every time he hits a reshot, he's just looking for a leg. And he'll find a leg, whether his head's on the outside or inside. And that was the biggest thing I was worried about early on with Tristan Moran, is that you don't want to be head outside with Tristan Moran because he's, he's really good funky. at sitting in the corner. Yeah, sit the corner, funky, yeah. cradle you up. And you know what? Pletcher finished multiple shots on him. Um, when, when Moran was trying to sit the corner, yeah. Pletcher finished on him. It's impressive, man. It's really impressive. That's and honestly, a Tristan Moran that just beat Mitch McKee and Chad Red and won Big Ten Wrestler of the Week last week. And he made him look bad. And and I'm not saying that that means Tristan Moran is bad. I'm just saying that's how good Luke Pletcher is looking. I agree with you. Look, and I said this before. Look, Tristan Moran is a very streaky wrestler where he's going to look great against some great guys, and then he's going to have these head scratchers. I don't that wasn't think a head that was a head scratcher. I think that that was Luke Pletcher being the uh, the superior dominant wrestler in that match and proving it as well. And he, and he had a little bit of swagger about him, and I like that. That's what I like. I like that. It, it wasn't disrespectful swagger. Um, but it was funny because Tristan Moran at the end like pushed him off as Pletcher was on top of him as the match went over, and Pletcher just kind of put his hand in front like, hey, no disrespect. Not meaning it any disrespect, but I just rode your ass for a minute and a half. You couldn't get out, and I majored your ass. Look, there's a couple of wrestlers, one in particular, man, um, I, I'm going to eat some crow about. Uh, first is going to be Gavin Hoffman. Kind of beat up on him pretty bad uh, last episode. Um, we both <laughs> we, said... We did. He his, didn't look his, big We both said his, his issues was not the weight cut. It, it, it appears that we were probably very much wrong considering he just wrestled at an open this weekend at heavyweight weighing Wayne, two in 211 pounds. So that, what so, is that? That's almost 30 pounds? Uh, 211, yeah, almost 30 pounds. Now, maybe we, that we doesn't mean he, they didn't say you're going heavyweight and he went out and had some Taco Bell and some Bud Heavy the night before. I don't know. We were wrong. I doubt it, but we were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. And which gives me hope was that next cut. year we're going to see the Gavin Hoffman that we want to see at 197 pounds. But why is everybody saying Singletary's now thinking about going 97? I think if Singletary can get up to 235, I like him at heavyweight. I think Singletary's style, especially if he can just put a little bit more weight on, is more conducive for him at uh, heavyweight than it is at 197. Well, yeah. we, we, saw him just beat, we saw him beat the crap out of Demetrius Thomas, 
and then before he got injured. Stop making guys cut weight. You don't have to do it. Right. I, I like Singletary at heavy and Hoffman at 97 next year. I do, too. I, I think that's. I think that would be Hoffman a, won the tournament at heavyweight at 211 pounds. The uh, Purple Raider Open? Purple Raider Open. I, yeah, I understand that. No, I'm asking you. That's what it was, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand. No, it's good. It. It's good to see him go out and get wins. Right. It's, all right? Yeah. Get through that mental stuff of all those losses and weight cutting. And, and the nice thing is, all you got to do then is, is slide uh, the guy that we were supremely high on, that we've never dissed in our entire life, just slide Rocky Jordan right into the 84. Yeah, we've never dissed Rocky Jordan. <laughs> we Speaking were, of, we got to we eat some more crow about him, yeah, too. All right? We were hard on him last week, and he goes out and he tech falls Tyler Dow, and then he goes out and he beats... Um, Zach Bronagle. Uh, Zach Bronagle, ranked 11th of the country, and he had a really... Okay, that, so... That win is actually... Okay, it's a great win. That's a great win for him because uh, that's a guy who has been in the rankings as a, a freshman. Is he a true freshman? I is, think he's a red shirt. Is he a red shirt or a true freshman? I'm not sure. But he's been okay. in the rankings pretty much since the beginning of the year. As you said, you know, ranked you know, right around 11th right now. Both were big recruits going, he, in, opposite, going in opposite directions this season. But that is a great win for Rocky Jordan. And I think you said this earlier before we started to kick this podcast off. He's doing, he did things in that match that you said he couldn't do in college anymore. Right. I, you know, last week, and, and I didn't say he couldn't do them. I just said, you know. Wh- Maybe that was off the mic. No, no. But <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I was like, what, what would we say about Rocky Jordan? He was coming in. He was a big recruit. He was an Ironman champ. But, you know, he was mainly known for being a really good top wrestler. And he wasn't turning anybody. Well, he turned Zach Bronigle. And you know what else he did? He did something that we didn't, we we hadn't seen him be able to do. He finished two takedowns on him as well, and they were head outside high crotches. What type of Jordan hits a head outside? They're all big single leg guys. He got in on a single, couldn't finish, but he finished two head outside shots on him. He had some offense. He rode the shit out of him. Had a turn, you know, or at least was was working some stuff on top. Uh, impressed with Rocky. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm impressed with Rocky as well because he turned the shit out of um, uh, Tyler Dow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he in his two matches, he did things that uh, we, we, we kind of said that he wasn't able to do. So I hope he builds off this. I hope he can take this weekend and really build off it from a confidence perspective and then obviously from a technical development perspective with, with the coaching staff because as it stands right now, it looks that Rocky Jordan is going to be the guy at 184 and well, there ain't nobody else. Uh, I, I guess Tyler Stein. Steiner. Uh, Steiner, yeah. You know, uh, Steiner, um, who, who I think beat him in the wrestle-off. Yeah, uh, Steiner beat, um, yeah, he beat... Uh, Hoffman. Hoffman in wrestle-off. I think Steiner's hurt. Okay, okay. Um, so they, we need some points from him, but more importantly, we need to see that he's going to continue to progress and be a guy that we can count on in future years. You ready to keep eating crow? Yeah, give it uh, to me. Sammy Sasso, uh, just a guy that, you know, we did, didn't quite think that was... Um, uh, you know, developing as much. He goes out and he beats Cole Martin 12 to 3. Cole Martin was ranked 16th in the country. And he goes out and um, he did look like he gassed a little bit late, but when they needed that takedown, he got a takedown with three seconds left to get the major. That's hard. That shows that you care about winning the deal. I don't think we beat up on Sasso that much. We what said we, we said didn't was, think that he had approved as much. What I remember saying, and again, it's been a week, it's been beers, a lot of beers in between and beer, beers at night as well. Right now. But is that. He, he 
in the be- he doesn't look right now. He hadn't looked right now that he did in the beginning of the season. All right, when he caught right. fire and was like everybody's like, oh, this guy's here's your finals. Here's the one forty nine champ. All right, we we weren't seeing that. It was a little inconsistent. And I do believe, do recall. I even went back and said, hey, wait a second. Maybe we're being too hard because this guy's got two losses on the season. A a a, a, a pin from Brent Moore. I didn't want to say he got caught, but you know Brent Moore got him. He beat, he beat him later. Yeah, beat him later on, and then you know a loss to Brayton Lee, who has been his kryptonite and who is having a phenomenal season himself. So, but I love the fact that he went out and he put up points against a guy like Cole Martin, who's Big pretty good. Points. Who's pretty good. And if I'm not full enough, I've unfortunately got to eat a little bit more crow because we basically just said Elijah Cleary. We couldn't believe that he was the starter for the. Ohio State Buckeyes, and he goes out there, and not only does he get a win against Wisconsin 7-3, to which was a really nice win that helped him win the duel, but then he goes out there, and he beats Eric Baroni 4-3 to in tiebreakers. Baroni's a guy that's a national qualifier who, if you look at Baroni's hit list, he's got a couple guys on it that are pretty damn good, and I'm guaranteeing there's at least one or two All-Americans. That he's beat. Yeah, I know last year for certain that uh, Eric Baroni had some, some big wins, including over Keyshawn Hayes, yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken. And Elijah um, Cleary goes out and beats him. I think that's a really good win for Cleary. Um, that's just a shocker to me, though, right? Would you have picked that? No, no. I picked the I, one I, against honestly, Wisconsin. I would, not have, I would not have picked that at all because especially when you look at who, who Cleary has, has lost to this year, um, it, I would have not have picked that, um, to be honest. So it is a good win for him. I, so maybe I, uh, I still <laughs> – Maybe Tom Ryan knows a little bit more than we do. About wrestling? About wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, Eric Baroni uh, was 2-2 two and two at the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah. You know, with a, with a, with a close, with an overtime loss to Steve Blyze, or else he would have been 3-2. and two. So, <laughs> you know, we are, uh, we are just pundits that drink a significant amount of beer. I don't know if you recall, but. Talk about uh, wrestling. In the duel last year. Baroni beat Caleb Young in the Iowa-Illinois duel last year. That's and Caleb right. Young, Young went on to, to place what? That's fifth? what I'm saying. Fifth at NCAAs? It, it, it makes no sense. And basically what they did is uh, Tom Ryan pulled our podcast up at the end of practice, I guarantee last week, and played that shit and was like, these are what your fans think about you. How do you feel about that? And they were all pissed off. So instead of it being the curse... We motivated these guys. And we did it on purpose. Yeah, we did it on purpose. We motivated these guys. In fact, the SID actually texted us and asked us to do all that. So, <laughs> yeah, but And he has to do it again. One thing I'm not going to eat crow on, and I'm going to continue to say, Jordan Decatur should not have been pulled. 133 is not his weight class. I'm sorry. Again, he I goes out what. against a guy uh, this weekend. I'll let the Seth Gross match go. That's Seth Gross, got whatever. three takedowns in okay. that match. And that's he scored all three of his all three all six of his points were off takedowns. But that's that just goes to show you even more that he shouldn't have been pulled. I said before he can go toe to toe with anyone in the country so on his good. feet. Anyone yeah, in the country. He lost to Piotrowski and Seth Gross, and he battled both of them. I know the scores might not show that he battled both of them, but he was not ready. He's not ready to go. Piotrowski is a three-time national qualifier. He's a senior. The highest, he's, best he's ever done was made the round of sixteen. I think that was his sophomore year. One hundred twenty-five pounds at one twenty-five, but. He is a guy that with the pedigree and the type of recruit and the accolades that a guy like Jordan Decatur has, I would expect Jordan Decatur to beat him this year if he was at the right weight class. If you want to be an All-American, you got to be Piotrowski. 100%. And that's not a knock against Piotrowski. No, I think that he's got a, he's got a shot to All-American this year. I think he's ranked eighth. Absolutely. He's 16-2. and two. I mean, he's having a good year, but I would expect Kenner gave Decatur. Him a be- Kenner gave Piotrowski a better match. What was the score of that? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was 4-2. 
Wow. All right. Can we get Kenner back down to 33? <laughs> Kenner just. Can Decatur wrestle 57? Last I heard He's Kenner probably weighs, closer to 57 last than he I is 33. Kenner weighs 162 pounds. Well, Decatur weighs 158. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you know, we got to eat a little crow. I, I was also impressed with Ethan Ethan, Wiss, Ethan Smith this weekend. Um, he took down Ethan. He took down Ethan Wick or Evan Wick, excuse me, uh, twice. And uh, you know, obviously, he only scored four points because you can't get out on that son of a bitch. Um, but he looked like he battled well, and then he beat the other Bronigal, um three uh, one. I like that win. I like that win because those yeah. Bronigal boys are, are tough yeah. guys. Ethan I, Smith will be in the round of twelve. It's just I don't. Can, I, I don't know, man. It's just can he get that final? win? I don't know. I don't. For him to be in the round of 12, and I want him to be there, and of, co- of course he, he's got the goods to do it, but can he consistently finish shots to put together a string of wins but at the now, national tournament? But now he's taking down people. He's taking down McFadden. He's taking down Evan Wick twice. Now he's starting to finish him a little bit. You just beat him up last week about not finishing shots at all. So he goes out there and gets a couple <laughs> takedowns, and suddenly he's round yeah! of 12. He finished the finished shot. He's a fickle foot mofo. <laughs> but, real, real quick, I'm going to continue to give accolades to uh, Caleb Romero because he had a nice oh, yeah. win over Joey Gunther. That is a really good win, especially for Caleb Romero. He continues to look good Gunther's at this weight tournament. class. You know, in his last what five matches, he's 5-0, and including wins over Anthony Valencia, Joey Gunther. He has a 2-1 to loss to Mike Labriola and a one nothing loss to Devin Skatza. That's his last seven matches. If you want to go back to his eighth match before that, he beat All-American Brandon Womack, which, which brings me to something. We got a big duel this week. All right, coming up. I'm, and by big duel, I mean it's two big teams wrestling each Iowa, other. Ohio uh, State. You know, Iowa, yeah. Ohio State. Look, Iowa should should roll in this duel. But I'm really excited more than any other match to watch Romero against um, Kimmer. Assuming Kimmer wrestles. To see, I want to see how he's progressed against a guy like that. I'm not saying he's going to beat him. Can he keep it close? Can he take him down? Yeah, he might be able to. I think he gets picked apart a little bit, just because maybe a little outclassed. Yeah, Kemmer's savvy. Kemmer's real patient, real savvy. Kemmer's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, You know, yeah, he he beat Joey Gunther, and 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 uh, this weekend he has he 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 looked really good. And the one thing I liked about that is when his double wasn't working. He got to a single leg and finished it twice, and that's huge. He finished it twice on Gunther, his single leg, I believe. And um, yeah, I, it's really good that he's wrestling Kemmerer, and I think it's going to show you show us where he's at. I th- I would be shocked. I'd be very surprised if he beats a guy like Kemmerer, but I think that because I think Kemmerer is so savvy. But I think if he can go with him and maybe grab a takedown, you know, it's gonna it's gonna only show more. Look, Caleb Romero is ranked eighth in the country by most prognosticators. Uh, and, and that's right where he should be. That means we're talking about an all-American. We're talking about a guy that got developed that didn't that redshirted, didn't even start last year. Lost his spot to Tayshawn Campbell when Ethan Smith stole Tayshawn Campbell's spot. Dropped down, lost his spot. He bumps up. Now all of a sudden he's look he's he's an all-American. If you talk about rankings, he, I like I like I I don't give him a chance right now. And maybe this is the the inside trip curse. I don't give him a chance to beat a guy like Kemmerer. I just don't. But I, I and I don't think he's look. I, I, I I'm definitely I'm not picking him to beat Kemmerer. Yeah. I want to see how he battles him. Can he take him down? Can he keep it close? Because when you look at Kemmerer's results this year, Kemmerer's seven and zero, but a three to one win over Labriola, who Romero lost two to one, two to one two. He's got an eight to four win over Lighty. So 
he's shown that guys can keep it close with him, maybe make it a takedown match. If if Romero can keep it close with Kimmer, I think that's more of an indictment, like you say, on Romero than it is Kimmer. Absolutely. And I think that that's what I want to see. I want him to go out there, have a match, have a result, or at least perform to a level where he walks off that match, win or lose, and say, you know what, I can bang with the top guys at this weight class. I'm yeah. ready to get on the podium. And he's kind of shown that by, with, with the Skatska and Labriola match. He's just got to be able to get out. That's the biggest indication to me. Is if, he ends up, if he ends up on bottom, which he probably will, can he get out on Kemmerer? If, if, if Caleb Romero can get out on anybody, he will All-American this year. All right, so let's get into a couple of other things, and then we'll do a little uh, jaw-dropping about the upcoming Iowa-Ohio uh, State duel that's going to take place this weekend. I want to talk um, about Grizzly Adams. I heard he had a beard. <laughs> Grizzly Adams did have a beard. But <laughs> Dude, I literally just got a notification on my phone from the World News Daily Report. The what? The World News Daily Report that says <laughs> San Francisco Police Department interrupted an extremely lewd party early this morning in a luxurious residence of Presidio Heights neighborhood, arresting 71 <laughs> people and seizing two boars and eight emus. It was a sex party involving midgets, emus, and a fountain of sperm. What the hell is going on in the world? San Francisco? I don't care where it's at. Oh, my God. I don't care where it's at. Midgets, emus, wild boars, and a fountain of sperm? A sperm fountain? What is that for, like, marshmallows and strawberries? Oh, my God. It's like, what the fuck's that place called? Um, Excuse my language. Um, Hell? The melting pot? That's a fondue place. I know, but they have the fountain there. Is that a fa- <laughs> I'm going to pass on that, bad boy. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. How did they? <laughs> I've got so many questions. What did you get on your phone? It just popped up. No, like... why are you getting those things? It was a Facebook Stop. notification. Some... There's reasons why you make Don't me angry. Say it. That's one Don't of them. Don't even say it. 17 people are accused of bestiality and animal cruelty. Fuck that. Stop. 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 Look, this world is a fucked up place. People should not torture midgets. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's get back to the wrestling talk. Terrible. I'm so sorry, guys. It just popped up. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, my God. All right, so. I'm not even sure I can finish the podcast now. Well, we're going to have to. I wanted to talk about Noah Adams, the 197-pounder from West Virginia, and you you go all bestiality on me, son. Bro, I did not go anything on you. Oh, my God. Anyways, I, I was worried I was going to read your name in that article. <laughs> no, Oklahoma State wrestled. No Adams, man, wrestled West Virginia this this week. Uh, no Adams has continued his dominating uh, year. He's twenty four and zero. If any, if people don't know who No Adams is right now, uh, well, he won the scuffle. They, yeah, they should learn real quick because he just pinned Dakota Gear in hundred or a minute and seven seconds. Dakota Gear was an All American last year, and on top of that. At the scuffle, he also pinned Nathan Traxler from Stanford, who's one of the top Two ninety-seven. Twenty-two pounds. seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, after he pins Dakota Gear this weekend, he goes out and beats a, a, a tough Jake Woodley from Oklahoma, six to one. That's right, dude. He is twenty-four and zero, ranked number two in the country. So no Adams. He's from Coal City, West Virginia. I love it. Good freaking job to um, um, shit. What's his name? Their head coach. Come on. For, former Edinburgh. head coach. Tim Flynn. Tim Flynn. Good Lefty job. Lefty headlock. Good job to get that type of recruit. And people thought that maybe this guy's coming out of nowhere. No, he was ranked number two in the country at 220 pounds. Three-time state champ. 
he he wrestled actually a little bit at Young Guns because you know West Virginia and Pennsylvania are yep. really close. You're right. Uh, he won a lot of really big tournaments in high school. Tim Flynn did an awesome job to get him to come to West Virginia. National qualifier last year, he finished 19 and 15, and something then clicked because he's 24 and 0 with wins over Ethan Laird, Jacob Seeley, Nathan Traxler, Dakota Gear, and Jake Woodley. This is a guy that I love to see at these types of programs. Mm-hmm. Homegrown, solid stud that they kept at home, who has people probably didn't expect him to be as good as he is so early on because he's only a redshirt sophomore. But he just is going out, and he's beating great guys, and none other than culminating um, – or not culminating, but none other than um, getting a, a signature win over an All-American with a fall in one minute, seven seconds. And it's not a fluke, Ben. It's not a no. fluke at all because, listen, last year, Jake Woodley beating multiple times. He lost 5-3 to three to Jake right, Woodley. Right, right. He lost 8-3 to three to Jake Woodley. Um, last year, Dakota Gear beating 10-6. to six. Okay, um, you know, he lost a, 15 matches last year. Lost Wait, so he a, lost to Woodley and Gear? Lost to Woodley and Gear. Lost to Woodley multiple times. Lost to Gear. You know, he was a national qualifier. He went one and two. His only win was against Whitman from North Carolina, but he lost to Malik McDonald and Eric Schultz. Um, not what Schultz I would good consider close matches, but here's a guy th- that has taken a huge jump this year. You know where he's taking the biggest jump? Mentally. Mentally? Guarantee it. You think so? Just because I've been around this stuff. Not, not to that extent. But I've been around Division One college wrestling for four years, and oh, yeah, and you saw some good wrestlers that made jumps. Yeah, mentally. No, what, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where you're going. You're laughing at me here, but um, uh, I thought you were going to say that you, you know, you experienced it yourself. Oh, I, well, I did. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I, I did. I, 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 I was a terrible wrestler, and I made and Bad I made a, and I made a mental jump to where I finally became a, a below average wrestler. Well, you qualified for the national championship, the national and you tournament. had to win your your conference to do I that. Won my conference, and the reason was. It had nothing to do with how much better I got as wrestling. It had nothing to do with how much better I got at wrestling. It had everything to do with the fact that I believed that I could finally win wrestling matches. And you can tell this guy's finally starting to believe himself. He's ranked number two in the country. Now, we don't know how, 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 how he'll handle the, the type of accolades that he's currently getting. But, but I think that he probably is the second best wrestler in the country at 197 right now. Outside of maybe Ben Darmstad because he just bumped up. But Noah Adams is legitimate. And the only reason why I wanted to bring it up in this podcast is because we talk so much about the mainstream teams. We don't kind of dive in as much as we'd like to to the other teams just because of time and because, of, you know, the fact is. But, guys, watch out for Noah Adams from West Virginia. This dude is supremely legit, and I've enjoyed watching him, his, his, uh, his season so far. He's looking really, really good. And I know, um, so, what, number two by the open mat, right? Open Matt's got him number two. Um, right now, F- Flo has not updated theirs, at least that I can see. They still have him at five. Um, so I and, and obviously, you know, uh, Warner has lost. Brunner has lost. Um, uh, Brucky has lost um, uh, recently. So Noah Adams going to jump up to number two in their rankings as well, as he should. We've said it before. There's, there's a couple of weights where after the top guy, it's who's going to emerge from this. And – Noah, what we've seen from Adams at West Virginia, I would not be surprised at all if he is the guy that that comes out as the second best guy at this weight class. Bracketing is going to be dependent on a lot of that, but you you have to think that as the season goes on, his schedule is going to continue to get a little bit, you know, not as difficult. So when you look at the remaining duels that he has, okay, he's got... Tanner Sloan from South Dakota State. Really good guy. Okay, who I think he might have already – did he beat him this year already? I'm not sure. No, no, he didn't. Um, I would have listened So it's that. Tanner Sloan, 
Noah Glasser, Noah Glazer, I'm sorry, uh, Joel Shapiro from Iowa State, uh, Buchanan from Wyoming, and Tanner Orndorff from Utah Valley. So those are two, all those are very two guys, two winnable tough matches. Guys, but but Sloan and Orndorff are both really good guys. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be you know really tough guys that he's going to have to you know obviously. You know he can't he can't look past them. Sloan's really good on top, but th- then after that, it's going to be the Big Twelve championships. You know, so and if Dakota Gear, Gear was again. the second best guy see in that Woodley weight class, again. he's going to see Gear. He's going to see Woodley. But th- the point I'm making is his path. It's not out of the question for him to finish the season undefeated going into the NCAA. Well, I think you'd have to favor it at this point, right? I would based on his based on his. Um, but we see people trip up. But even if he doesn't go undefeated, he's going to have a nice seat at the NCAA tournament. And I think. Where he becomes dangerous is I know he's only got five pins on the year, but he he's he's got the ability he's a he's got the pinning ability and he's really athletic, and I think that those are two things that cause a lot of people at 197 pounds trouble. Especially when you have guys that might be undersized coming up from 184 or a little slow who guys are that are in between like college, uh, you know high school 220s that are in between heavyweight and 197. I agree, Ben. I agree. I am very much interested in seeing a match between him and a guy like Darmstadt. I think that would be um, that'd be wild. It would be a wild match because of the styles. Um, but yeah, at this point, look, he's having a great season. Love to see it. Um, who else? Anything else from this weekend that stood out for you? Yeah, and it's only because it's a culmination. So Ryder went out and beat Edinburgh twenty to twelve. That's not something that let's say five years ago. That's not something that you would think of, right? I mean, Edinburgh gets off just taking a trophy. Um, Ryder is putting together a little bit of a team here over the past couple of years where they've had multiple All-Americans uh, a couple of different years. And they've got five ranked guys, five or six, depending on the rankings that you're looking at. They've beaten Minnesota, Virginia, Edinburgh, and ODU this year. That's an ODU that just beat Lockhaven 28-7. to um, Lockhaven's down right now because I think they just lost another duel as well. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was Campbell. Uh, I can't remember, I can't remember it who it is. But I'm saying they're having a nice year. Their only losses are to CMU and Princeton. They got a guy like Peter Lapari. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Transfer from Rutgers. Oh, yeah. He's wrestling. And you know who he just beat? Sidarian Perry. Right. So, so he right. beat Sidarian Perry. They got Delvecchia at 157, Dean Sherry at 74, and, 90, and 197, Ethan Laird. I think those are four guys. I think that we could probably see a couple of those dudes in the round of 12 maybe pushing through. I just like what Coach Hagney's doing down there in Lawrenceville. Um, I just wanted to give a little shout out to Ryder because you know a couple years ago you wouldn't expect them to beat a team like Edinburgh and they just did so and Minnesota I would not expect them to beat a team like Minnesota like even in, in a Minnesota down year right now the Edinburgh thing look Edinburgh they lost Tim Flynn they haven't been the same right they're basically a recovering program right now really being rebuilt again trying to get some sort of talent pipeline sure. going I, I'm that doesn't surprise me as much as a win like like Minnesota does, but it's good. It is good to see, and they actually have a couple of you know really good guys on their team. They really do. You know, one guy who continues to impress this season, um, even though he's been a little inconsistent, is Dresden Simon. Dresden Central Simon Central from Central, Central Michigan, Michigan yeah. who is a guy who he's at one forty one this year. He was one forty one as a red as a freshman, one thirty three as a redshirt freshman. 49 as a sophomore. This year as a junior. He's back to 141. He just beat Grant Leith, All-American Grant Leith, and he not only beat him, he majored him 12-3. to And didn't he major Shoop, too? Um, he, early in the season, he majored Shoop. You're absolutely right. And he's got some really good wins 
over really good guys, just inconsistent. I mean, he's beaten Dylan Duncan. He's beaten Drew Matten. Um, What's he done at the uh, – is he qualified yet? I should tell you. He's never qualified, Ben. And he's already beaten 12 Americans. He's ar- never qualified. And love it. I love I it. I like seeing that. Um, if he can get a little more consistent, I'm curious to see what he can do against more top-level competition. Well, he's going to qualify. He can have his chance, right? Well, everybody has their chance. Right. One other thing, and and this is a question because I know you're, you're, you, you've got a little more inside information than I do. So... Okay, I don't know where this is going. What's up? We haven't seen G since the scuffle. Since he got beat by uh, Real Woods. And uh, we've seen uh, Dusty Hone wrestling. Is this the last of G? I remember he had he had great issues early on. And um, uh, John Smith came out and said that, hey, you know, if they don't do what's right in the classroom, he even says about his own son, if they, if they don't do what's right with everything else, take care of their other business, they're not going to be on the team. And then... All of a sudden, we see G finally wrestle in the scuffle. He takes second, got beat up pretty good by Real Woods. Dusty Hone's been starting since then. Is this the last we see of G? Is this the last we see of, an, of a really good talent at Oklahoma State? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know neither. whether it's uh, – I'll tell you what I think it might be. I think it might be a combination of a couple of things. One – Johnson Smith isn't going to play games. All right, he's going to whoever Great whoever point. is the best in the room, whoever's competing the best, he's going to he's going to roll with that guy. I think he's shown that in the past. Okay, um, I mean look at last year with the whole sixty five, seventy four, eighty four conundrum they had. Okay, um, we thought they made the wrong choice, but in in fact the only person that went out in All American was uh, Gear. Yeah, I do think they made the wrong choice. I would have liked to have seen um, what's Jacoby. his face at one sixty five. No, Chandler Rogers. Oh, Chandler Rogers, right. Not, not and then Smith Joe 74. Smith, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think maybe with Gefeller it could be banged up. Maybe it's weight cutting. Maybe he's just in the room having a poor attitude. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was just interesting to me that we haven't seen him since then. And, and, and the final thing I guess I'll go with is we didn't see uh, – we, we were all – everybody hyped up the match against Gable versus Mason Paris, and Gable didn't wrestle either match this weekend. I don't get weekend. it. I don't get it. He didn't wrestle any match this weekend. I don't understand. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he you – know, is it an injury? Is, is it an injury? Is it a punishment? Is it – I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah, it, It's just a bummer. Uh, we, we do know that it sucks, right? I was really looking forward to seeing Mason Paris go after him. Mason Paris and Gable is, is one, one of the other – of my most highly anticipated matches to watch this year because I want to see how big of a jump Paris has actually made because he's rolling right now, having a great season. And he's bigger. He's bigger. You're, yeah, exactly. I was super disappointed. Um, I can't envision a guy like Gable ducking anyone. It just doesn't seem his nature. Yeah, you know? especially because he didn't wrestle both of the matches. Yeah, I, so If he would have wrestled on Friday and didn't wrestle Sunday, that would be a different story or whatever, you know, but because he didn't wrestle both, it's probably – there's something going on, right? It's just disappointing, I guess, from a fan perspective. But you know what? Look, you can only avoid that match for so long regardless of reasons because they're going to hit in Big Tens potentially, and they could potentially I, hit in the NCAA tournament. I love what you just said there. You can only avoid it for so long. Right. No matter how hard you duck – let me tell you one thing, hot dog. I don't think you duck, but in no, general, no, no, for yeah. people, yeah. No matter how hard you duck, no matter how far you run, let me tell you something, bud. You're going to have to wrestle him at the NCAA tournament or wrestle somebody, you know, to get to him. You are. I mean, absolutely. All right, let's wrap up this pod. We got a, um, we got a big duel coming up this weekend. I'm sure there's more than one big duel. Um, it's 
Ohio State traveling out to Iowa. Um, Iowa is just continuing to dominate. They rolled through two more teams this week weekend, including Nebraska, holding them to just six points. And basically, uh, that's a Nebraska team that won the Cliff Keen, by the way, over Ohio State. Yes, exactly. So um, Ohio State obviously is not the Ohio State team that we've you know been accustomed to watching the last few years. Um, they are traveling out to Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, oddly enough. Um, I think the plan is as of uh, now, tomorrow night, I think I'm going to join the Iowa, the IA wrestling, wrestle guys on their podcast to talk about yeah. this match. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. I'm like, look, of all years, really? You want to pick this year well, when that, Ohio State's down? Why do you think you guys, that happened? Yeah, yeah. Like, what about a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah, it's weird that, they, that you weren't invited when, when Ohio State was beating Iowa. No, I, I, no, I'm just, we're, no just, that's gonna be fun. we're just busting it a little bit. Um, you want to roll through this duel a little bit? And maybe, well, maybe let's talk, talk about it. Look, let's put it on, let's put it on uh, paper here. All right, so... We can go weight by weight. Look, sure. For one, is Spencer Lee going to wrestle? Do you think he wrestles this weekend or this match? I don't know because they don't need him, but I'd hope so. I think he does. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, he wrestled recently. I think we're going to see he wrestled him wrestle. Recently. The only reason he may not, I don't know, you know, what Iowa's schedule is. If they've got, you know, like a Oklahoma State coming in soon after. If or you're doing like a pitch that. count on Spencer Lee. This would be a time to give Sitting him a little up. bit of a break. You yeah. give him a break against a guy like Malik, uh, um, and obviously throw him out there against a guy like Pichinini and the when that when that duel right. approaches. But but let's just say that let's just say everybody's going. You regardless know, of whether Lee goes or not, I would I would project their backup to beat Malik. Yeah, absolutely. But but um, I'm you know I'm giving six to Spencer Lee. Right? I mean, he pinned him in a tilt last time they wrestled. Oh yeah, and if it's not six, it's going to be like a, a one of those tech falls in two minutes. Yeah. If that, unfortunately, it's six. Um, same thing. Look, look, Austin DeSanto is not the guy you want to face. Uh, you know, match up against if you are struggling with a weight cut and energy issues. Yeah, and I think that it's probably a major. Ooh. Gross majored him, and Gross has got Gross has got better turns. So unless DeSanto is going to tech him by taking him down not ten times. I think Decatur's got enough, especially watching the match against Gross, to probably keep it to a major. I'd like this. I want to see if Decatur can get to his legs and take him down, like he did with Gross. Because yeah. obviously he can, and I think he's got he the can. ability, and I think, I think he, he can. can. Does he in Carver Hawkeye? I think he probably gets a takedown. Do you really? He's just. That, I'd be happy with he's that. that. He's that explosive. I, I agree. Yeah. But but I think that it's it's still a major decision, regardless. Decatur's got two minutes. At, at, you know, two to three minutes at best in this match in him. Yeah. Okay, so unless he can take him down and pin him, which ain't going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, DeSanto's going to roll through here, as he should. So I'm going to go six there, four at um, 33. You, you you like a major or a tech there? At 33? Yeah. I'll take, I, I like a major, okay. honestly. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, Right now, I'm, I'm going to have to break this down and really look at this more in preparation for tomorrow night. But 141, man. So let's talk 141 for a second. Okay. Um, We got into this... Real feisty debate last week about feisty. Max Murin, you know, Jaden Ironman, this and that. Um, you were just raving about how great Max Murin is and how he's going to go out there what I was saying, and, you know, he... probably win the NCAAs and then, you know. Okay, none uh, of that's true. No. None you of know, that's true. But you, you were but penciling him. You were a guy. I think said he was probably an All-American. Bruh. No, you said you were penciling him in as a, uh, on the podium no, this year. I'm penciling okay? him. Okay. All right, penciling him in. <laughs> And he goes out, and he yeah, gets uh, a Chad, Red. Chad Red's pretty Chad good. Red beat him up. Chad Red's great, but he look, Chad Red's season does not start until the NCAA tournament. <laughs> all right, Chad, honestly. Well, somebody didn't tell him that because he just beat Murin pretty damn good. I know. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> all right, so that is exactly what I was talking about last week, though. Murin, 
he's done nothing to say he's guaranteed points for Iowa at NCAAs, all right? Which is why I'm still on the boat of bringing out Jaden Ironman if, if it's an option. You, they, you think they bring him out against Ohio State? Oh, that would be that would be awesome. Give me give me Luke no matter what. That would be awesome. Um, give me Luke. I don't no think they what. do it. I don't think they do. Yeah. I think Pletcher's going to roll through Murin um, in this match. I am excited to see how Pletcher handles Carver. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him a decision because of same, Carver. Same. Of exactly. Carver. I think that if it was on a neutral site, that I th- I think he majors him um, the same way he did uh, to. Uh, uh, Trenton Moran and Chad Red and uh, uh, Mitch McKee and you know he's he's majored a lot of really good guys this year, but I think in Carver give me a decision. Um, but you know what they do say that there's a Carver Carver curse here. Could this be where we see it? I don't think so, but I don't know. Interesting statistic here, thanks to uh, our boys at WrestleStat against common opponents. Luke Pletcher is fifteen and zero, and Muren is six and nine. Right. That's. That's uh, that's a big gap. Sixty nine. That's a big gap. Yeah, give me a, give me a decision because it's in Carver. Is that fair? Yeah, give me a decision by Pletcher and uh, let the uh, let the uh, news, the rumblings, really pick up about them pulling iron right. after that. Next one's a big one though. One forty nine. This is a, this is going to be a fun match. Fun match. Sasso Lugo going back to common opponents. Sasso's eight and two. Lugo's nine and four. Um, I, I'm excited for this match. And I think there's there's they've anybody wrestled. if there's anybody they have wrestled they they wrestled last year yeah. but if there's anybody especially a young guy on this team Ohio State team covered. that's got an attitude that's like I don't give a shit it's oh. Carver I think it would be Sasso and I'm I, I I like Sasso to get this one here I'm calling it I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Carver magic and I'm gonna take Lugo over Sasso in a close one all right I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna Sasso's take I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna take Sasso I think Sasso's gonna suck a little wind at the end I don't know all right. Okay. So so far you got them Buckeyes rolling, baby. Besides twenty five and thirty three. Oh yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but it gets really bad from here. Oh, by the way, going back to what we talked about last week when we were talking about the whole best two combination, and then you said best three, and yeah. why wouldn't he say Muir? Why would he have stopped at three? Uh, we said that. If I it said was, that. Why no, wouldn't he say Lugo, Lugo, Caleb Young, Marinelli, I said Kimmer? That. We didn't. I said it. I listened to it. I, you I said about Luga. You said about Luga, but we didn't continue oh, to I think. Didn't keep going, we didn't no. continue. Caleb Young, but I did say Marinelli, Kimmerer, right. Assad, right. Warner, yeah, Cassiope. Is there anybody with a best top ten? One ten. They don't have the best. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> yes. Shut up. Um, Cleary Young, I, dude. I'd major, say. probably. Yeah. Probably major. I, I, Maybe I, mean, a I don't know. Young could. Young has the ability to potentially tech him, but I think that Young just doesn't score that many points. Um, I mean, he majored. He, he majored Keyshawn Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, <laughs> we're going the same place with that. Yeah, um, but then he also beat Baroni three-one overtime. Who clearly just beat. <laughs> give me, give me a major. I think that I think that anything more than a major would be pretty crazy. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, of course. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a decision. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Smith, Marinelli. Uh, again, it could continue to be bad for the Buckeyes. I think um, major there. I think it's a decision. Okay, you think Ethan Smith and Bev- Well, look at, look at who Ethan Smith has wrestled and has kept it to a decision. Evan Wick, Josh Shields, Isaiah White. Um, he took all losses to those guys. All And that's this year. I'm sorry. Two, uh, two have been this year. One was – no, they've all been this year. All were decisions. All were decisions. So I think he keeps it to a decision against Alex Mar- Marinelli. Yeah, I, actually looking at all that, yeah. Um, Romero against Michael Kimmer. Here. Um, I, I expect Kimmer to win this match. Um, I, I think it, this is – I do worry about Romero and the atmosphere and the pressure of Carver Hawkeye Arena. He's one guy that I do 
worry about that right now. That's not a Any knock against reason? him. It's just it's not a knock against him. I just think, you know, after, after all that he went through last year, he's turning things around this year. Um, I don't think he's wrestled at Carver, Carver before. Carver Hawk. No, I don't right. think so. You're so right. it, it, he's just one guy that I, I want to see how he handles that. Um, I like a decision there for me. Same, same. Um, but but I but I think that Cameron could be flirting with a major. Now Agreed. here's one at 84. Abe Assad. We had a conversation about him and why did, did they pull his red shirt? And both of us were on the same page that we thought that he should they should, his red shirt shouldn't have been pulled. Same. Especially yeah, when, right. Especially You're right. when they had Cash Wilkie and Nelson Brands um, that were both competing pretty well. And then all Abe Assad did was prove that Inside Trip ha- is does have a curse by going out and beating uh, an All American in Taylor Vance. And he beat him up. Yeah. So a Taylor Vance, who when he's on. Can finish as high as second in the country, but again, he's another guy that's been streaky. Didn't all after fourth as a freshman, year, right? didn't all American last year. He fourth has these types of mesh, he has these type of types of matches. Yeah. Um, this is going to be an interesting match. I don't think it's a blowout. No, I don't think it is at all. Um, but I do expect Assad to win this match. I do too. I think it's probably a decision. They both, you know, look one and zero against common opponents. They both wrestled Bronigle, um this year. Um, Assad penned him. Obviously, as we said earlier, Rocky Jordan um, by decision six to four. Um, we got another great matchup at ninety seven. I think Ohio State Two gets back on the board. You know, um, Colin Moore, Jacob Warner. Colin Moore's forty two and one against common opponents. <laughs> yeah, forty two and one, um, including you know last year. I think at Biggs he beat Warner uh, five to two. So, uh, what do you think it is? What do you can 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 Moore pick up bonus here? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I think the way he's wrestling this year, I think he probably can. I think that it's going to be tough in Carver, especially when the match isn't going to be on the line at this point in time. I like I like a solid decision, 7-3-8-3 type match. Moore's picked up bonus in seven, I think, out of his last ten matches, roughly. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think because of the atmosphere, because of if the match starts at 125 by the time it gets to this match, you know, it's... It, Do you give Warner any shot? No. Because I really don't. I don't. I really don't. Not if we continue to see the column more that we're seeing this year. I don't. Right. And that's, again, no disrespect to Warner. It's just how well Moore's been wrestling this year. Yeah. Um, heavyweight. Gary Traub. Gas Anthony Tank Cassiope. Gary. Love Gas Tank Gary. 0-4 against common opponents. Um, opposed to Cassiope, who's 3-0. and Cassiope. 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 He's one of the best heavyweights in the country. Yeah. Right? I, I think he's probably your third, fourth best guy. And he's a... He's a Yet another guy at this weight class that could not All-American because he's a freshman or make the finals because he's that good. I think it's either a decision or a pin because I think that either Cassiope catches him or I don't know if he can. Because Gary, I think that we we um, we underestimate Gary's ability. I shouldn't say we underestimate it, but, but Gary's competed really well with really good heavyweights. Okay, he lost to Trent Hilger 6-0. Um, to zero. He lost to... Um, um, Deuce for Shaw, <laughs> yeah, three to two. But no, but I mean, um, the uh, no, Tanner, that was last year. Tanner, Tanner Hall, he Tanner lost Hall, to him close. Two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so it's not like I think that Gass- Anthony Cassiope is going to go out there and just beat the hell out of him. But I also think that Cassiope could catch him in something. So running that down, I think that's a pretty. I think it's a fair, pretty fair assessment. I mean, even Cassiope, even being twelve and zero on the year, he's only got bonus in fifty percent of his matches, right. and outside of. Actually, outside of one uh, major, it's all either been decision or fall. So um, I I think this could be a match where he gets the fall. 
Yeah. Again, going back, are we? Maybe we're giving too much respect to Carver Hawkeye, but if a team is steamrolling hey, you, just team, like bro. Iowa's been steamrolling people in that environment, man, it, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So we got both of our show horses winning, and Pletcher and Moore. I picked Sasso. Sasso. So three seems to be probably the magic number. I, unfortunately, you know how duels have a lot of like toss ups. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other. Assuming awesome. we see all these guys wrestle, yeah. I, I hope that happens. Well, who's got the best shot besides those three of winning a match? It's probably Rocky. Seriously, you know, uh, it's probably Rocky. The smart, yeah. The 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 logical answer is Rocky Jordan from a perspective of if Caleb Romero can keep it very close to a one takedown match going in the third period, like he's has been, if he can. That, that that gives him a chance to win. I'm not saying it's going to happen, yeah. but Rocky Jordan would be your best chance. It's not going to be. It's not, not going to be pretty. No. Um, but but it's going to be fun. It'll be fun, man. It's be we fun got some good, watch. great matchups in this match. Yeah. I love watching Iowa wrestle. I think it'll be a good. Uh, it'll be a good yardstick measuring match um, for Ohio State to see where some of those guys are, even if they don't win, to see whether or not they can keep it close and you know maybe score some points. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. Well. Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's all I got, baby. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you all for listening. As I said, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode 109 is in the books. And as always, don't, don't wind, wind up, up on your, your back, back bros. Bro.